On October 17th last year, a Russian man was arrested at an airport in Italy. His name? Artem Us. Artem Us wasn't just a prominent Russian businessman, but he was a very politically connected businessman. The most politically connected Russian to be detained in the West since the war in Ukraine started. That's our colleague Margarita Stankati. She says that Artemus was wanted by the U.S. for allegedly smuggling military technology into Russia. His father also has close ties to Vladimir Putin. The U.S. wanted Artemus for his alleged crimes and for another important reason. He could be traded for an American detained in Russia. So at a time when the U.S., is looking at potential prisoner exchanges, he was seen as a potentially very valuable asset in that sense. But that's not a possibility anymore. In March, Artemus fled Italy in an escape that involved Serbian gangs swapping cars across borders and a triumphant return to Moscow. Welcome to The Journal our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, June 2nd. Coming up on the show, how Italy caught and lost a Russian fugitive. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Artemus is 41 years old and the son of a Russian politician. His father, Alexander Us, was the governor of a huge oil-rich area in Siberia. How wealthy is his family? The family is very wealthy. They have business interests that span the globe. They have real estate in London. Artemus also was co-owner of a hotel in Sardinia. They had a trading company in the UAE, another company in Malaysia. The father also sat on the board of directors of Rosneft, the state-owned oil giant. So they were, they were very wealthy and very politically connected. By 2022, Artemus's work in imports and exports put him on the radar of U.S. officials. The Department of Justice begins investigating Artemus and his business partners. And if you read the indictment against them, it reads a bit like a how-to-evade-U.S.-sanctions guide. The U.S. alleges that Artemus and a business partner had been using a German-based trading company to smuggle oil and sensitive U.S. technology to Russia. That technology included things like semiconductors and microprocessors that were then used in fighter aircraft and missile systems by Russian defense companies. And some of that technology ultimately did show up on the battlefield in Ukraine. 
So the US identifies Artemis as a high value target and quietly tells its allies to arrest him. So the US puts out this request, not just for Artemis, but for other of his business partners. And on October 17, when Artemis shows up at Milan's Malpensa airport, he is arrested by Italian police and put in jail near Milan. Days later, the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York announced they were charging Artemus along with four other Russians and two Venezuelans. They were described as, quote, criminal enablers for oligarchs, orchestrating a complex scheme to unlawfully obtain U.S. military technology and Venezuelan-sanctioned oil. And they were charged with various counts, including smuggling and money laundering. For the U.S., Artemus was a perfect example of someone who had been successfully evading U.S. sanctions. So it was both a message to others who who were trying to evade sanctions, but also stopping this very sensitive technology from reaching Russia. But also, you know, at a time when there are Americans wrongfully detained in Russia, having... Russians imprisoned in the West could potentially serve another purpose, which is that of potential prisoner swaps. Prisoner swaps can be the best hope an American detained in Russia has of being freed. For example, in December, the U.S. secured the release of basketball player Brittany Griner from Russia after swapping her with an arms dealer held in the U.S. The dramatic moment of the high-stakes prisoner swap Brittany Griner in the red coat, walking towards the American plane. Coming towards them, State Department official Roger Karstens, accompanying Victor Boot, who was hugged by a Russian official. This is why it was such a big deal when Italy arrested Artemus. When Artemus and his business partner were arrested, the U.S. Department of Justice released a statement thanking its partners for arresting these two Russian men, but also inviting Italy to kind of keep him behind bars. So there was a lot of communication between the Department of Justice and its Italian counterparts saying essentially, thank you for having arrested him. Please make sure he stays behind bars. The U.S. wanted Artemus held in Italy until it could secure his extradition to the States. What would it have meant for him if he was extradited? The stakes for for him were huge. If extradited to the U.S. and convicted, he faced up to 30 years in prison. Us also had a wife and a six-year-old son who lived in Moscow. He had family in Russia. So the incentives for him to flee were extremely high. And Artemus did break out of Italy. How he did it? is next. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. 
Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at Natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. After his October arrest, Artemus was taken to a prison outside Milan, where he awaited extradition to the U.S. So he's in prison. His lawyer says, I think my client should be moved to house arrest. And this panel of three judges at the Milan court approves that request. Margarita says, in Italy, house arrest, even for a politically important detainee, is pretty common. Italy has an overburdened justice system that heavily relies on house arrest. And that's especially true for financial crimes. Putting someone behind bars, especially if before trial, is extremely rare, especially for people who have a home to stay in. And as it happens, Artemus had recently purchased a flat in Milan. So he could point to the fact that he owned a flat in Milan and to the fact that his wife was with him as proof that he would stay in Italy, that he had sufficiently strong ties in Italy and would not flee. How did the U.S. react? Privately, the U.S. was really puzzled and quite infuriated by the decision. We got hold of one letter that the Department of Justice's attaché in Rome sent to his counterparts in Italy, essentially asking Italian authorities to do everything they could to put us back behind bars. And the letter includes the fact that over the last three years, six other people who were waiting to be extradited to the U.S. fled before that could happen. Six people? Six people, yes. Seems like a lot. And that's just over the last three years. The Italian Justice Department said there was little they could do and that this decision lay with the judges in Milan. But Italian officials did seek to assure the U.S. that Artemus wouldn't flee. You know, he's in house arrest with electronic ankle bracelet. He's basically in prison. It's basically, you know, they tried to reassure their American counterparts that it was perfectly fine for him to be kept in house arrest with an ankle bracelet. There's very few ankle bracelets in Italy. He was given one. So with this extra precaution, Italian authorities felt the restrictions on him were sufficient. In early December, Artemus began his house arrest at an apartment in an upscale gated community in Milan. He was allowed a mobile phone, internet access, and visitors. Several times a day, he was checked on by the military police, known as the Carabinieri. The rest of the time, they made sure he stayed at the house with an ankle bracelet. But the ankle bracelet turned out to be the Italian authorities' Achilles' heel. His ankle bracelet worked only on the apartment's Wi-Fi network, which meant that there no, was no way of tracking him if he left his flat. 
That sort of seems like an obvious flaw in the ankle bracelet. Absolutely. On the 21st of March, there was a big development. A Milan court approved the extradition of Artemus to the U.S. The next day, the Carabinieri checked on him in the morning. But at 1.52 p.m., authorities got a signal from his ankle bracelet. Artemus had left his apartment. Police headed over, but when they got there, it was too late. Now that Artemus had left the apartment, he couldn't be tracked. Us vanishes. From what we understand, he fled by car with the help of a group of criminals. Mainly these, these kind of Serbian criminals appeared to play a key role in his escape. He was ferried out of Italy and he switched at least one car during his escape and drove from Milan across the border to Slovenia and then to Serbia. And there he is believed to have taken a plane back to Russia. In early April, Artemus reappeared in Russia. And on April 4, he gives this interview to the Russian state news agency in which he says, essentially, I'm in Russia. He doesn't share very, very much information about his escape. He just says that he had strong and reliable people by his side. And then he attacks the Italian court. Essentially, he says, you know, I was hoping until the end that, you know, the Italians would not accept the extradition request of the U.S., but they did. And he kind of dismissed the whole thing as, as political bias. He literally says, you know, Italy is ready to buckle under the pressure of U.S. authorities. And what did his father say? So his father was thrilled by his son's return to Russia and he releases this video message in which he explicitly thanks Vladimir Putin. He, he says, you know, special words of gratitude go to our president, saying he's a, not just a head of state, but he's a man with a big and open heart. Back in Italy, an investigation into Artemus's escape is underway. The justice minister launched disciplinary proceedings against the three Milan judges who granted Artemus the house arrest. In response, the Italian judges' union made a statement threatening to go on strike. Are there concerns about Russian infiltration? I mean, when Us escaped, a natural question that many people asked was, was there corruption? Was there collusion? Was there, you know, secret pro-Russian agendas on the parts of the courts or of the government? And having looked into this pretty closely, it seems that Italy bungled the detention. So it was incompetence more than collusion. I think that's that's probably our main takeaway on this. And also a big mistake on the part of the courts and the government by really underestimated how, how important someone like Us was for both Washington and Moscow. The U.S. Embassy in Rome said it was disappointed that Artemus had been able to flee. And privately, American officials were frustrated by Italian authorities' failure to explain what had gone wrong. Just days after Artemus escaped from Italy, an American was arrested in Russia. 
Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich was detained while on a reporting trip and held on an allegation of espionage, something that he, the Journal, and the U.S. government vehemently deny. It is thought a prisoner swap is his most likely path to freedom. And where does this leave the U.S. now in terms of having high-value Russian prisoners to use in prisoner exchanges? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, that is why someone like who's would have been so valuable, because there really aren't many politically connected defendants held in the U.S. or in allied countries at the moment. Which gives the U.S. little currency for people who are being detained in Russia, like Evan. Right. So, you know, without someone like Us to trade, what it likely means is that people like Evan, who are detained in Russia, may have to stay there longer than they otherwise could have. I mean, it may mean that uh, Americans who are in Russia will will be stuck there longer until there is someone that they can that can be traded for them. That's all for today, Friday, June 2nd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Eric Silvers. Our show's made by Jade Abdul-Malik, Annie Baxter, Ariana Bowe, Catherine Brewer, Maria Byrne, Pia Godkari, Rachel Humphreys, Brendan Klinkenberg, Ryan Knutson, Matt Kwong, Jessica Mendoza, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, Heather Rogers, Jonathan Sanders, Pierce Singy, Jivika Verma, Lisa Wang, Catherine Whalen, and me, Kate Limebaugh. This week is Afif's last week with the show. Afif, we're going to miss you so much. Thank you for everything you've done, and we wish you the best of luck. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Peter Leonard. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Emma Munger, Peter Leonard, Nathan Singapak, Griffin Tanner, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka and Sophie Hurwitz. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.